You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Cody Sexton. How you doing, everybody? So, Cody, tell me a little bit about yourself. But first of all, that last name, though, dude, Sexton. I mean, do you get all the ladies? Uh, no, not so much anymore or ever. So let me tell you something. Yeah. With that last name, I would join porn so fast. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, old, it's an old name. I think it means uh, uh, church official. No, that's what the name means. So it's basically a janitor. Yeah, well, church and porn go hand in hand, I guess. But tell me a little bit about yourself and what do you do professionally, Cody? <clears throat> well, professionally, um, I guess I'm a professional dishwasher, technically. Uh, my title's um, cook assistant, but I basically just do dishes all day. Now, um, uh, I mean, I do. I work a boring nine to five, too. I work at a hotel, man. I see I can never get into the restaurant side of things because... When, when you're around too much food, I just find myself eating all the time. So I'm like, I needed to kind of keep that out of my, you know, space. I know it is, yeah. But uh, well, for me, I don't necessarily have that problem because there's a never-ending supply of dishes that needs to be done. So does that make it yeah. kind of get boring when you go home? And you don't even really want to wash your own dishes anymore. I feel like I would just buy a bunch of styrofoam kind of dinnerware. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I mean, I, I still have to do dishes, obviously, but uh, yeah, it makes it even worse. I, I try to limit my uh, food choices, so I'm not having to dirty so many dishes. So people will be telling me like, "Why do you? Why do? Why is everything you own made out of styrofoam?" I'm like, "Cause I wash dishes all day. I don't want to do a damn thing when I get home. I'm gonna recycle and save the earth." <laughs> I hear you, man. Yeah, that's the way to go. It really is. So you're a book reviewer, Cody. Tell me a little bit about what, te- like, how did you, first of all, tell me a little bit about that book reviewing. Well, um, let's see. Well, I started the, uh, the blog about, I guess about three years ago. Um, I had been reading and reviewing books for myself um, for years. Um, I kept all, basically all my reviews in a commonplace book. And then uh, I got some encouragement from some friends. Um, so I decided to start the blog and just put everything up there. Um, so. Yeah, about three years ago that started, um, and then now it's it's kind of evolved to um, something else. Basically, I mean, I have some, I have some author interviews on there. I have some of my own uh, work on there, short stories, some articles I've written, uh, that sort of thing. Now, have you always had a fascination for writing? Because I mean, when you like, you have a site called A Thin Slice of Anxiety, so. I mean, that's something that's pretty impactful. At least you're seeing more of it nowadays. It seems like everyone suffers from a bit of anxiety. Mental health is kind of a giant issue. Like, how did you come across the name for a site like that? Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, as far as the name, I don't exactly even remember how the name came about. Um, I'm, 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 when I was younger, I did. Um, I, I suffered from anxiety when I was younger and I had counseling for that. But um, yes, I guess it kind of came out of that. I guess I guess I guess. I still do have anxiety, to be honest, but uh, it's, it's a little more manageable now. But um, yeah, I don't really remember where the where the name came from exactly. It just uh, just kind of popped into my head, and I just kind of ran with it. 
What made you decide that you wanted to start something like this, like reviewing books? Like it feels like a lot of people nowadays rather go see a movie than actually read a book. What did you kind of find, you know, I guess the inspiration or kind of spark that you noticed, like when did you decide that you, you know, wanted to review books? Uh, well, I guess it was about three years ago. Um, I've, I've always read books and I've always been kind of a writer. So those kind of went hand in hand. Um, but, but I guess technically I want to do the blog basically for myself. I, I get a lot of enjoyment from it. I mean, I hope other people do also, but uh, primarily it's just, uh, for my own benefit, I like to, uh, when I read a book, there's a lot of information in there. I take a lot of notes. So as I write the review, it kind of uh, solidifies that information in my own mind. So it's uh, really beneficial for me as well. I definitely think there's two types of people in this world. There's like visual learners and then there's people that kind of need to be like audio type. You know, I feel like if someone shows me how to do something, I'll know how to do it. But if you're reading or giving me a speech, I can't do it. Um, I really never found a fascination with books until um, when I hit college. Uh, I have ADHD. So sitting down and reading is probably like the worst thing. It's practically my hell. Um, Just because my mind is already thinking of a million different things at once. I found reading really boring uh, just to be able to kind of keep my mind focused on one page of something I read. But when I, went, when I hit college, everything kind of slowed down a little bit. I was, I was, I had a huge workload. So I was taking like six classes. So my brain was always kind of focused on what the other class was about, but I really found a fascination with a lot of short stories in my English literature class. There was one specifically I always bring up, especially this time of year where it's getting a little bit chilly out. Um, it's called Robert, um, Robert Hayden Frost poem, those winter Sundays. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Uh, I've heard of it, but I haven't, I haven't read it. But that was one of the very few books I've ever read in my entire life that has given me an inspiration and kind of painted a picture into my head, which, I mean, I remember my teachers always telling me like books paint a thousand words and all these types of things they used to say. And I used to look at them like, it's a fucking book. Like, what do you mean? Like, I can fold it so many ways. I can use it as paper airplanes. I can throw it at somebody. And they're just looking at me with like glazed over eyes like you're never going to understand and then I finally kind of understood it when I got older like it's really soothing to be able to open up a book and actually sit down and read it yeah, yeah it is it is and actually most of the people I talked to actually um have actually came or come to reading uh much later in life than um well I guess I did yeah either through college or um they just wanted to um kind of pursue their own self-education What's weird is when you're so young, like you're in elementary school, anybody that reads a book's known as like a weirdo, like the kids that would read books and get like the star stickers. I remember I had this one kid in my class and I swear he just read books and his folder was covered in stickers. And I had like one sticker <laughs> and I remember yep. that sticker fell off too. I was upset. I was like, I need another one. I need another one. She's like, well, you're gonna have to read a book. I'm like, shit, I'm not willing to make <laughs> that sacrifice. But I, I understand <laughs> it though, because they can take you to an escape. I mean, it's much like a video game. It's much like a movie can. A book can do the same thing, but just with words. And I think that a book 
whether it's something that you're interested in. I mean, I learned the Dewey Decimal System thinking that was going to help me later in life, which I never use to this day. But there's so many amazing stories. Like what's one book or something you've read that's really impacted you in such a large way? Uh, let me think about that. Um, just kind of a few really. Um, are you more of an action fan? Or are you more of a comedy fan, tragedy? I'm not, I'm not really... Um, focused or narrowed in on this one genre really i'm a lot pretty much whatever catches my attention at the time really um at the moment i'm, I'm kind of uh focusing more on nonfiction at the moment but um i guess the, the one, one book that's really stuck with me and one i've read uh, several times over the years will be uh pet cemetery that might be my favorite favorite novel i think Pet Cemetery. Why is it? Why would you yeah. say it's one of your favorites? Like I saw the movie when I was a kid. Like that's a very yeah. drastically scary well, movie, especially to be watching it at the age of eleven, like myself. Yeah, yeah. I was, I think I was ten when I first read the book, and it's actually been the only book still that's actually actually scared me. So that's uh, yeah, that's probably why it's stuck with me so for so long. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't even realize like when a book can scare you, that's when you want to be really afraid. Like, because yeah. honestly, like the power that someone can write something down and then the word just you reading it already paints a picture into your head. I mean, it's much it's it's one of the best forms of art. I always kind of bring up this point, though, with how technology is kind of going. We're seeing a shift to the point where writing is turning into typing and it seems like we're losing the original spoken word um that has been crafted through books well yeah i agree i'm, I'm, I'm I agree with that yeah i think that yeah. like a, a lot of things when it comes to the power of reading it's it's definitely beneficial i mean it's definitely tasking it's something you need to really take time to do but i've talked to people that you know do a podcast where they drink wine over a certain book kind of theme to the idea of the book. Um, and I think it's really interesting because you find a lot more, I guess, older people or like people like in their thirties or forties that really decide to, you know, invoke more reading into their life. First of all, it not only expands your mind to a whole new process of creativity, but it, it seems like a giant portion of society is missing out, you know, when it comes to the fact of like, there's this, object this thing that you can hold paperback whatever you want to say that literally is a story wrapped up into yep. one i mean one of some of the most impactful readings have been from old classic tales like huck finn or dr seuss for instance like i i, I tell you i've never came across green eggs and ham but dr seuss warned me about it right, right. i agree yeah it's like uh and then also i mean it's like our own identities are, um, are basically just stories we tell ourselves. So, I mean, stories are, you know, have been with us for a long time and it's uh, a big part of who we are. Do you think that, like, have you ever looked into the fact of ghostwriting? Do you ever think that that's a little bit discredited towards actually writing, though? That Considering that you're hiring someone to do the kind of book work for you, like to write a book about you? I don't, I don't really think... Um, it's, it's it's not really writing, I wouldn't think, but um, I don't, I don't, I mean, it's basically you telling the story and, and somebody else is actually doing the mechanics of the actual typing. So it's, I mean, you know, so I mean, as, as far as, um, as far as that goes, it's still technically, 
your story and your ideas, but someone else who just uh, just hired, uh, hired a, a middleman to do the legwork. Have you ever tried to write your own story? Yeah, I've, I've actually I've got two uh, actually three short stories up on the blog that I've written. Which ones? Um, I've actually had. Uh, well, like, what's one of the concepts to one of your short stories? Because I feel like I've tried to write a bunch of stories. I remember when I was a kid, I tried to write like an, a knockoff version of Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Okay. It, it was terrible. I gave up after like five minutes. It turned into like a flip comic. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, the well, the one short story that um, I got the most feedback on is a story called uh, "Just a Little While Longer," and it focuses more on uh, grief and loss and how uh, one man deals with it, or I should say, doesn't deal with it. I feel like for a lot of people, it's more, I guess, easily attractable to write something that deals with grief or something that deals with a form of tragedy. Because it yeah. seems like no matter how impactful it is or how serious it is, everyone knows the feeling of experiencing something bad. And it's so relatable to many audiences. I think that with the power of a book, what makes it really, really fascinating is how relatable it can be to the audience. You know, when yeah. we talk about yeah. themes and stories, you have biographies, things that will educate you about something, or you have fiction, nonfiction. Things that are really, like you were saying before, just depends on the mood that you're kind of in. Right, right. Yeah, anybody who lives in the world understands what suffering is. So that's, that's like a universal uh, concept everybody can understand. Now, with the type of short stories that you write, do you have a random inspiration for it or does it just come to you naturally? Like, does it, is it just one day you're like, holy shit, I got to grab a pen and write this down? I wish it came, if it came that way. I'll probably, uh, I'll find it writing a little more, but it's, it's like, uh, I, I don't really know where, where the ideas come from, really. Um, and it just gets in my head one day and then it won't uh, leave until I write it down. So that's how I kind of deal with it. Now, when we say book reviewer, what what does that really mean, though? Like, are you, do you try and, I know it means you're obviously reviewing a book, but do you analyze many different factors like, like a critic does in a film? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it depends on the book itself, really, how uh, in depth I go into it. But yeah, I, I try to focus on uh, or a theme or an idea that the book is um, trying to explore, and then or and then hope, hopefully it's a theme that I, I try to pick a theme that maybe other people haven't talked about before. That kind of makes it a little more interesting. Take me through a process of one of your kind of book reviews. Like what's the first thing you do besides reading it? Like how do you analyze it and kind of review it for the audience? Well, the first thing will be, um, I mean, I collect all my notes that I've taken from the book um, and I kind of go through that and then I kind of focus on, like I said, what, what the main idea is or the main theme. And then I pick what one I want to explore. And then I uh, start writing basically. Uh, uh, basically writing in short paragraphs and then I edit those and rearrange them into a coherent sort of narrative. It's, it's kind of a weird way to do it, I guess. But and then I just, I, I rewrite it. I don't know how many times before it's to my satisfaction. Yeah. So each is their own process. That's what, that's what makes it interesting. Like when you're reading a review online for like a movie or something, I always go and go, this person shit on this film. The other person yeah. said, really, really good. Who do I choose? 
believe in. And I think it makes it easier. Like a lot of people, you always hear, you know, New York Times bestseller. I'm like, there's like 80,000 of these books in one year that are New York Times bestsellers. So it's like, it discredits it. But if you find someone that can explain how the true impactfulness of the story and also be able to tell the audience and see if the book is actually for them. Like if you know, if you're interested in type of horror, scary or type of spooky crime solving cases, you might want to read this book. You know, that's more beneficial I find because it's hard to get, Usually, if the first couple pages don't capture the reader's attention, then they're not going to read the rest of the book. No, they're not. And then, I mean, it's, it's, it's usually pretty easy to tell somebody who's took the time and uh, written a thoughtful review or somebody who just, you know, wants to shit all over the movie or book and they just, you know, just be a dick, basically. I think that a lot of the times, especially nowadays, with the type where movies and all these things are hitting our culture pretty big, it's going to make reading a little bit less known and I'm a, I'm afraid to see where that's going to go because I mean reading is kind of like I mean it's taught upon in school but besides older generations reading it like you never see kids really anymore that ever taking the time to do so and I understand it's just because it's so tasking but like I'm pretty sure the book Bird Box is a hell of a lot better than the Netflix uh, movie right, right. yeah I mean it was or in my opinion anyway so yeah, I agree with that. I mean, most most of the little kids you see are, um, you know, they got two little board books. I mean, the kids still play with those or or chew on them at least. When you're usually as far as well, when you're usually like but, in the mood to read a book, do you have to find that like you create the environment around you, like an ambiance to it? Like I know if I'm going to watch a scary movie or something, first thing I'm doing is I'm lighting candles and I'm pitch black in the room. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good way to do it, but no, no, I don't. Um, I just. I try to sit down at least an hour a day, you know, usually in the afternoons when I go home from work and uh, just read before dinner. So I just, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, do you feel, I don't, do you feel like that keeps your mind a little bit refreshed because like I'm a big fitness freak. So the one yeah. best thing of advice that I got ever was my uh, uh, manager at my gym was like, you know, you're, working out your physical muscles, but have you ever thought about working out one of the most important ones? And it's, that's your mental, that's your brain. Your brain's a muscle. You got to train it. I find that, you know, reading things such as the dictionary, even though how boring that can be, it expands your vocabulary, but also reading stories keeps your mind refreshed and keeps your mind energized. A lot of people, you know, you can't get that same stimulus off watching TV. And a lot of people nowadays think that that's training their brain if they're watching a documentary. It's doing a little bit, but you get a hell of a lot more, I guess, impact if you read it from a story. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it is a way to, you know, decompress at the end of the day. Um, it is a way to work out. Your mental muscles, uh, your memory, uh, it increases your reading speed, you know, so on and so on. So, yeah, that's true. I agree with that too. This is important to work out, uh, you know, your, or to build up your cardiovascular strength or anything else. Do you find that with um, books, like you ever read a book and then like just feel like you can't put it down? Because I feel like like when I'm reading, like I'm really into Greek mythology, but when I was reading the Percy Jackson series in school, they're like, oh, this book's supposed to last you like this amount of time. Dude, I would end up reading that thing and then be up even a little bit later, like than my bedtime was at the time. And I would just keep reading. Like it was so it was so weird. I was like, I couldn't put it down. Yeah, this, yeah that's, I, have, I have the same I've had, or I've had the same experience before with books uh, or when I was younger, especially. But uh 
not not so much anymore. I mean, occasionally I come across a book that's uh, really good, but uh, yeah, definitely definitely when I was younger, that that happened a lot. Do you ever try and like instead of using like a published book or something, do you ever try and accept like people's stories that they write? Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm I've gotten uh, well, I don't know how many now, but I've gotten um, a lot of books from people who are um, or indie authors that they send me their books and I, I review them. I've got several now. I need to uh, try to get to. So yeah, that happens a lot. How do you come about that? Because I feel like a lot of people would get offended if you decided to give them an honest review. Um, well, so far nobody's been um, uh, pissed off about anything I've said negative about their book. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure before I even accept the, you know, they send me email and say, "Hey, would you be willing to re- review my book?" Uh, and I'll say yes, but I need you to understand that if I may not like it, and if you're cool with that, then we can, you know, go ahead with the process. Otherwise. You know, maybe find somebody else, but I'm I'm sure everybody or I'm, I'm very upfront with you know I, I may hate your book. I want you to understand that. I definitely feel like a lot of the time people are definitely getting more offended nowadays. But I think when it comes to something that you create, yeah. someone just straight up tells you like, "Oh, it sucks. Oh, it's terrible." It really makes it impactful to the point where they would get aggressive. But how do you try and find ways to navigate that? Do you just tell them straight up like, hey, I'm going to give you an honest review of what I think. Like, I respect that. If you told if you right now were reviewing my book and you told me it sucked and I should not continue with this because it seems like I don't have a knack for it. I would be hurt, but I would accept that Like, you're being very honest with me. I definitely think that with practice, there could be definitely a betterment in it, but also. Like for me, I can write a little bit, but, you know, just to get me through like a college paper, you know, and that's, that's fucking tasking as it is. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever actually said this book sucks in a review. Um, I don't, I don't know if I would ever, ever use that phrase or not exactly, but I mean, I've, I've been pretty harsh with um, some of my reviews, but I've always made sure that uh, even if I say, if I, or even if I did say this sucks, I'm sure people understand why I think it sucks. And then, but I also make sure to, you know, I might want to put in there, this is what I think is good about it. And maybe they should focus more on this. You know, I'm, I always try to, as you call it constructive criticism, but I always try to be, I want to be balanced. I definitely want someone to be honest with me, you know, when it comes to writing a story, because I think that's where most of the motivation and drive comes from. If someone tells you you have to work on key points and stuff, like when your teacher grade your paper if you get an a plus you're like oh i'm just gonna do the same thing next time you're never going to try harder you know i mean even though i was getting nothing but f's because i would just write my name on the paper and i thought that was enough but still like it's a little bit we need to be pushed a little bit too i have you ever came across a story or type of book that someone sent you and you were literally like 100 percent hooked in like you need to keep writing more and more and more yeah actually i'm up there's a guy from uh i'll give him a shout out uh, his name is gc mckay uh, he's from across the uh, across the pond there in uh, England, I believe is where he's from. I'm not sure the town, but yeah, he sent me his book, um, his collection of short stories, um, and it was it was fantastic. So uh, yeah, he definitely needs to keep up uh, what he's been doing. I, I find like mystery novels I like too, just because on the aspect of like right as soon as the chapter ends, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, what happened? Someone died. Okay, hang on, what's on the next chapter? It's like, oh, you have to keep on reading. I'm like, shit, it's already one o'clock in the morning. Do I want to actually get sleep or do I want to keep reading? Ah, fuck it, I'm gonna keep, reading. you know? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that same same uh, conundrum. 
I'm a, the, the book usually always wins out though. I've talked to a couple female um, book writers and uh, I always think it's really weird when it comes on to the fact that race or sex, any of these types of things can actually impact how well your book actually sells. Cause like, if you, if you got a really mm-hmm. front, like good front cover, let's say like, Oh, like the world is, is changing or something with like a lot of like really pictures or something that captures a kind of a person that's walking by his attention and they grab it. What they do is they either flip to the back of the book or they flip to the front of the book to make sure that they can see who the author is. And actually that's stopped books from selling depending on race and sex. I think that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. People are, I don't know, I guess they're afraid of ideas in a sense. I don't know, different perspectives. I mean, I've, I've, I've read things that people have told me that I shouldn't read because um, the author was, or or in their opinion, uh, well, I'll give you an example. Uh, I don't know if you know who Milo Yiannopoulos is. He's not. Yeah, I know who Milo, I know who Milo is. A lot of people don't like him because of how he yeah. is. Yeah. So yeah. So when I read his book, I got a lot of I got a lot of shit from people, you know, telling me that uh, a lot of Twitter comments, people saying, um, "How dare you read this book? You should, you know, that sort of thing." But uh, to me, it's important to, uh, you know know what the, I mean, I, I didn't agree with anything he says, necessarily, but it's important for me to know what he is saying so I can know how to at least respond to what he's saying. Yeah. More about understanding the person's perspective. I try and do that with this podcast. I try and, you know, bring in all aspects of both sides of the conversation so we can have a kind of an understanding whether you have to believe it or not at the end, it's whatever. It's just, just talking. Okay. And I feel like that's a, a lot what you have to do with a book. Like, a lot of people I know, um, this girl that was on my podcast who wrote a book about women empowerment talked about how she wouldn't put her name or put anything into the book besides on like the very last page in small lettering because it would stop the reader from reading it if she knew what race she was. And I thought that was ridiculous. Like if you read, if anybody writes a book on quicksand, I'm shouting it out to anybody out there right now that has a book on quicksand. I don't care what gender you are. I don't care what race you are. I'm fucking reading that book because every cartoon I've ever watched when I was a kid told me quicksand was going to be a lot more effective in my adult life. And I haven't came across it yet, but I still want to be prepared. Right. Right. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. That's just crazy. I definitely think that there's a lot of factors that go into a good book. What would you say some of the factors would be? Like, obviously, a good title. Oh yeah, catchy title. I mean, will help. Uh, also, also the uh, cover art, like helps. So, you know, if you would pick it up off the shelf. But um, as far as the book itself, I think it would be, um, or I guess maybe the qualities of the writer. I would say that they would need to have uh, eloquence. Um, Two things, I guess, eloquence and then uh, a philosophical position. What do you mean by philosophical position? So it's more like um, outlook on life or perspective. So if you're coming at a topic or an idea from a certain certain perspective, it's going to be um, a lot more helpful to get your ideas across. Ah, more like more like understanding the author's point of view in a way. Yeah, 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 in a way. So it's more like. A, or if, if you're writing a dystopian novel, let's say, and you're also a nihilist, you're probably going to write a much better dystopian novel than somebody who's not a nihilist necessarily. That makes sense. It does make sense. I think, um, you know, writing has storytelling, any of these things that we consider books, you know, it's how we've recorded our history. It's also like I'm fascinated with a lot of folklore, too. 
to see how far we've kind of came. I mean, there are so many books out there. There's practically a book on everything. I mean, there's literally a book that teaches you stuff on anything you want to know. And it's called whatever for dummies. I'm like, this is perfect. I'll want to know how to do my taxes. So I'm going to read taxes for dummies. You know, I, I, I like instructional stuff. I find that when it comes to a book, a lot of what's kind of scares people away, such as myself, I'll admit to it is the size factor. There's definitely something intimidating when you get a giant book, but there's so many things that come into that too. If you pick up a 600 page book, that's really, really small. You're like, Oh, the pages are smaller. That means it'll be less words. No, they just yeah. throw the font size down even smaller. Then you got like to a point you're pulling out a magnifying glass, trying to read everything. Right. Yeah. I, I think one of the biggest, uh, obstacles for most people is would be the, you know, a book is a, a huge time commitment. This is, you know, usually, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I usually read about a book a week, usually on average. So that's, and that's an hour a day if I can find the time. So, I mean, you know, that's, you know, an hour a day, it's kind of hard to find or some people can have a hard time finding an hour a day necessarily. How'd you come across? Is this something that you wanted to do? I mean, like, it, it, did, were you that much of a reader when you were a kid? Yeah, I was. I read all the time. I was a kid. I'm actually even, even wrote and, uh, I don't want to say published, but I, I kind of illustrate them on my own books and staple them together and pass them around, that sort of thing. So yeah, it's always been something I've, I've been doing. I just never uh, put it into a blog form, really. Did you find that it was a better way to help with your anxiety? Yeah, it was a much better way because uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, or in public settings or social settings, I'm not much of a social butterfly, so... This is a better way for me to get, get across my own ideas and uh, express myself and have people actually uh, listen to what I have to say as, as opposed to ignoring me. Yeah, it feels like, you know, you could get more spoken out in uh, your writings than you could with your mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And, and I've, I've talked, I've, well, I've talked to um, this one guy, uh, he's, one, he's basically my uncle. He's a broadcaster for like the baseball stadiums and stuff. So he okay. goes, coming up is number three and like reads off his number and does like the voice and everything. Yeah. And he goes, I was like, so is this like a family trait? Like do you have broadcasters in your family? And he goes, actually, my dad is a published author. And I'm like, what? And he's like, my dad's wrote a lot of really good books. And it's weird where his ability to speak comes with his mouth. His dad's ability is when he, as soon as he puts that pen or pencil to the paper is where he's like, he talks about reading some of his dad's books and just looking at him like, why can't you say this? And he huh. was like, my expression is the form of word through written. Yeah. 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 I, I, I understand that clearly. Yeah. I understand I find that like, you know, I can leave like a riddle down or something, but I feel like the best way for me to express myself is through talking. I feel like I can invoke more yeah. points to it, but the truly hit it from a critical standpoint, I feel like it's more impactful when you write it out. Like an example I can use is how many times do you get a text with someone that like in your family or something where it's like an argument and it's like a long ass paragraph. It doesn't mean shit now when our, we have iPhones, but back in the day when you had that thing, you had to click the button three times to get one letter. If someone wrote out a paragraph, you fucking read that. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 you did. <laughs> I definitely think that with writing, I, I, 
you know, it turns into blogging how it is now. I never understood what that was. I was like, are these just like tips to get through life or what this person thinks that they, they can do? But you get to see a lot of articles on like blogs nowadays, such like your own, where you're reviewing things and talking about books and you're really creating a new inspiration and sparking something in a community that is kind of very, very hooked on their cell phones. I mean, Barnes and Noble went out of business because you could get all on a tablet. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I hope people are getting something out of it. Um, or at least from my blog, I hope that's, I hope that is the case. But uh, even if nobody did, I would, I would still be doing it. Just because, and like I said, it's something uh, that helps me. So. I feel like also like we talk about the setting and the ambiance that you have to set for yourself. I feel like the more times like I, I went and got a library card, I was doing schoolwork on the computer and I decided to look through some of the books. I find that being in a more of a library environment too, I was able to read a lot more than if I was just sitting at home. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah same here because I mean, I, I, I love the library. Um, uh, mostly because it's always so quiet in there. So it's, it's not always necessarily that quiet in my apartment building. Ten walls and everything, but um, yeah, this the, the quiet of a library is something that uh, I cherish. It definitely sets in the tone for you to read a story too. I remember one time I sneezed and some woman just pops around the corner and goes, "Shh!" I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I'm like, I sneeze yeah. and she just keeps going, "Shh!" I'm like, I'm trying to explain myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they make me uh, pretty. Uh, Pretty big hard asses, I guess. There, but well, it's also you don't want to be disrupting people too, because I feel like what takes a lot of time is the process of getting in the mindset to get hooked into a story as well. I feel like I don't get hooked in until about twenty minutes into the read, no matter on what page I left off on. Like once I get twenty minutes into a book, like I, I kind of sitting there forcing myself, I can actually get my mind focused onto it to the point where I can actually understand everything. And I mean, some of the scenes that like, it's like a movie where you want to replay it and then play it again. Right. I'll read something and I'm like, damn, what just happened? Got to reread that. Yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah. Especially if it's something like uh, some kind of strange sort of uh, murder. You know, somebody's head got cut off in some strange way. Got to go back and read it again. Yeah, you miss out some key features. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you consider this like one of the best forms also when it comes to stress relief as well? I feel like a lot of times we go throughout our everyday lives experiencing a severe amount of everyday stress um, that we just don't truly choose to kind of look at or handle. So we just gloss over it. I feel like a lot of that can be kind of brought out into a book. I know a lot of people that do books on meditation and it helps with their job career as well. I feel like that's one of the most beneficial things of it too, is helping you not only expand your own knowledge, but also help in the field that you're currently in. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. Um, I think it's a good stress reliever. I mean, it's, it's basically kind of, kind of like a form of meditation itself, really, I guess, because you're focusing on one thing and not anything else at that moment, which is kind of like, you know, just focusing on your breath sort of a thing. So yeah, I, I get it. What would you recommend to people that are kind of iffy on reading a book or never really thought how interesting it is? Like, how would you sway somebody or just explain to someone what reading a book is like, like your own kind of feelings of it? Um, well, that's a good question. I'm not, I think primarily I, I was just the fact that it's probably one of the best ways to learn anything be reading a book about it because you're going to get a lot more out of reading the book and then because you can you can just read one chapter come back another day and read the next chapter you can go at your own pace and take your notes and always refer back to the book um if you you know 
forgot something. So it's, it's an easy way to uh, learn, learn new things. Another thing is, uh, why do you write down? Why do you write down notes though? Like, is that just so you can kind of soak in what happened? Like, do you ever like read a chapter and then have to write some of the key things that happened down? Oh uh, yeah, uh, there's that. Um, usually, when I read a fiction book, I don't take nearly as many notes necessarily, but you know, I, I want to. I, I keep all the notes because I re- need to refer back to, to them because if I read another book that's on the same subject, I have notes to pull from or ideas to pull from, um, and then. You know, it just you know helps my own my own memory. I can back remember it easier. More like logging your information too, so you have something to refer back to later. Yeah. Then I'm, and then I I write down and or if I come across a new word, write the word down and then look it up and fill in the the uh, definition. That sort of thing. Now I know it, it's depending on the on the kind of the book size, but how long does an average book review for you take? Uh, well, usually it takes uh, quite a long time, uh, probably a couple of weeks. On average, I, I don't have as much time to write as I do to read because writing takes a little, it, it takes a little longer for me to uh, kind of get into the, the rhythm of things. But um, and then plus I'm, I'm kind of OCD, so I want to try to make things as perfect as I possibly can. So I rewrite, edit constantly. But yeah, I'd say on average, depending on the book, uh, two weeks maybe. Do you ever have one where you? hear from like let's say you read as a kid and did it still hold up to like if you read it now oh yeah yeah um well that's one of the one of the books that does that um and then actually anything i've ever reread to my own son uh, uh james howe i was familiar with him but he had the uh book called scared silly that i read as a kid and i read, and I read to him and we, we both still love the book so there's there's that guy anything by um rl stein i mean he loves goosebumps and we read those together so don't you that was pretty good too. Well, I mean, I'm telling you, one of the books I read when I was a kid, I used to really never pay attention to, but it was called A Hungry Caterpillar. Man, dude, I read that like recently. My little cousin has it and he's like two years old and he's reading it. I'm like looking at it and I wanted to take it away from him. I just wanted to read it myself. I felt selfish doing so, but it was like, it was it was a nostalgia feel to it too. Like I, I never thought I could get nostalgia off a book, if anything. Yeah, yeah, the same thing happens to me, especially with, I mentioned this curiously, it takes me right back. I'm in my own room. I'm on Halloween, sitting in a beanbag chair, you know, that sort of thing, so. That's it's a lot of fun to go back to that book, dude. That's one of the best ways to read a book is in a fucking beanbag chair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember they had I, I had a blue one. They they had those in my library, and I would just pull out the beanbag chair, like Rob, are you reading that book? I'm like, yeah. And in my head, I'm like, I'm not even. There's nothing in this book. I'm I'm honestly just holding it up, and I'm just enjoying this beanbag <laughs> chair right now. Yeah, they were they were very uh, very comfortable. Or. I, there are these books at my uh, library I usually talked about in my school. I want to go back and see if they'll let me uh, take some of these books because there are these books that were written or like they were drawn out like comics, but they were written about old folklore, like from the Mayans, from Greek mythology, from just a bunch of different legends and stories. There was one about Hercules. And it was like, it was so impactful that I started learning a lot of things about religion and philosophy through it as well. You know, from the Mayan tradition and all these types of things that are, you know, my, I I took an enrichment class, which was like for kids that really couldn't kind of either read or they just couldn't sit in a classroom environment and read the 20 minutes that you're supposed to in class. Um, so so they put me in there she said, go get a book you want to get. And like, she's pointing out all these, Hey, you might like Harry Potter. I'm like, that's a big ass book. 
I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get past page five. So I was like, all right, this is already too tasking for me. But I'm telling you, once I picked up one of these books, like I think that's what makes a diary of a wimpy kid really good too. The the kind of yep. the impactfulness of also including drawings with short paragraphs makes it a very easy read for some readers that are not, you know, heavily influenced in just reading in general. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I know a lot of teachers, uh, they kind of uh, look down on kids who prefer graphic novels to chapter books, let's say. But um, they 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 really shouldn't. I mean, a graphic novel. I mean, you still have to read the graphic novels. So it's, I mean, in my opinion, it counts as reading still. Plus, with like, if you want to look at like, I feel like a lot of factors that come into a good book read as well is also having it and holding it in your hands. Like, I can't really get into a story when I'm reading it off of a phone, but if I hold the actual book in my hands, like the paper, you know, that crinkleness of it, it brings in so many different aspects to it that really can kind of affect the overall read and intake of the information yeah, it can. yeah but the feel of it the weight of it the, even the smell of it um yeah it can i do have a kindle but um, I, I, don't, I don't use it uh, nearly as nearly as much as i usually only use it for people who um have written a book but they don't have paperback copies so they just send me the pdf version that's usually the only time i actually end up using the kindle but yeah i, I, I probably prefer uh a physical copy. Do you think that with the way technology is going, where we're seeing like iPhone 20s and all this crazy shit, do you think that reading is going to end up turning into a technology form, or do you think there's always going to be that classic book? No, I, th- I think books will be with us uh, always. Yeah, just the physical book. I mean, it's, it's hard to improve on on just uh, just the physical book. I mean, it's, it's kind of already been perfected. I mean, and people will always be uh, always be people. Hopefully, enough people. uh... Well, hey, Cody, I really appreciate you coming out and doing the podcast, man. It's been really awesome kind of talking to you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. It's been uh, been fun. Um, If you want to actually tell everybody where they can find all your links and stuff, too. Okay, yeah, you can uh, either check out the blog at thinsliceofanxiety.com, Instagram at thinsliceofanxiety, Twitter is at thinsliceof, and then uh, or actually on Facebook, uh, thinsliceofanxiety. I got a page on there, too, if you want to check any of that out. I appreciate it. Let me know what you think. Right on. Well, thanks so much. And also, if you have a story out there and you want to submit it to Cody and see if he'll read it, he's going to give you an honest review on it too. So don't get upset. (laughs) Yes, sir. It's all said with love. Well, thank you so much, Cody, for being on this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast and stay tuned for our next episode.